What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, I want to jump into it. We've got a very, very light uh, news week and overall content, which is good every now and then. But right. I just want to know, how was your week? Uh, overtime. Mm. So, yeah. So, again, huh? Yeah, again. It's getting old. Yeah. Getting old I, real quick. Yeah actually getting ancient at this point it passed old a long time ago um but yeah other than that i mean i got our stuff watched i wasn't able to watch anything else they get a little bit more of the uh well we'll talk about it later um but yeah it overall a good week but just we've had some crappy weather too Mm. Uh, how was your week it was a lot better and i hate saying that but i was off all week so i my, I mean, let's see, Monday night, uh, did daddy-daughter date night with my oldest child, went bowling and ate some good food, and then Tuesday was Destiny's release date for the expansion, mm. yeah. and between Destiny and Horizon, Forbidden West, I, that's all I have been doing for all week long. Like yeah. I played that Tuesday through Saturday, uh, Saturday night, went to the Predator Stadium Series, at Nissan Stadium, mm-hmm. which was a blast and not as cold as you'd think, especially with the beer flowing, but it, it was, was um, it was okay. It was what, something like 68,000 people? There. Yeah, 68,618, I think is what the picture got on my phone, how many tickets they scanned in, so wow. there's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and they all left in the second period when uh, it started getting real cold, so we stayed the whole time, but and then... So we're recording on a Monday. I ate dinner with the parentals last night, and I mean, that was it. Just nice week full of playing video games, which of course I'll get into once we get there. But watch some new shows with the wife over the weekend, and yeah. which we'll talk about here as well. And just some just some fun new things. Nothing crazy, so nice relaxing week sitting in this chair for as much as I'd be sitting in it for work, just playing Destiny to my eyes bleed. So, yeah. well, so fun. Right, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Quick housekeeping before we get into the bulk of the show. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for your podcasting apps, including Spotify. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment and let us know how we can improve this show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. A couple different tiers there if you want to support us that way with a couple different uh, money ranges that way. Uh, TV wise, I know you say you, know, you all only watch the what we uh, were supposed to watch, Superman Lois and the Power of the Dog. Did you watch anything else TV? No, not really. No, it just kind of. Well, I you know, when 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 that overtime hits, it's like you blink and the weekend's there. Yeah, and then it flies by, and then it's back and again it's like, for oh, more overtime. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, I hate that so much. Uh, I have been, I started a new show called Space Force with Steve Carell, and right. although it's not The Office, it's still a pretty decent show, and they make fun of, uh, the past president quite a bit, and yeah. some of the policies and things like that, because that's where Space Force was built under, and yeah. so season two is under the Biden administration. Like they never say names. They just say the new administration and stuff like that. And POTUS, which is obviously Biden and uh, Trump and everything. And it's just funny to watch that transition between the two seasons. We're halfway through season two at this point. So I mean, we're almost done. There's not a lot of episodes with it, but it's pretty good. There's some good actors and actresses in it. And uh, it's not as funny and as good as the office to me, but it's, right. it's okay. I mean, I, th- I say, if you got time to kill, just want to leave something on. That's one of the shows to leave on. And we've been catching up on Big Brother Celebrity, so which I could care less about any of the celebrities on there. So, yeah, I'm not a big uh, Big Brother watcher. You're missing out. Vote three. We're seriously debating because you know the new Halo show comes on Paramount Plus, right? And so is the live feeds for Big Brother. So we're very, we don't want another streaming service, but. You know, with with Halo on there, and then when Big Brother starts up later this summer, we're debating it because that's going to be a because um, you get all the live feeds, 
And yeah. so, like, if I'm playing games or something, Jamie can have the live feeds on while we're doing cooking or cleaning or whatever we do. So, uh-huh. Or yeah. while I'm sitting here at work, just leave up on a monitor. It's like, what's the, the Truman Show? You know, just something like that. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, Ed TV. Ed TV, yeah. Just something like that. You know, why not? <laughs> uh, let's get into this one. Uh, Superman and Lois is finally back. Season 2, Episode 5, titled Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon. Uh, I'm going to a new website we're going to be reading off of, nerdsandbeyond.com. This is by Haley. There's no, um, the recap is, there's no last name to her, but she published this, looks like, right after the episode. Uh, so we'll read through it, we'll talk about it as we go. In this episode of Superman and Lois, Sarah celebrates her quinceanera, uh, Chrissy meets with Allie, and more bizarro secrets are revealed. Um, at the beginning of the episode, Sarah is practicing her father-daughter dance with Kyle for a quinceanera. Taking a brief break, Sarah discusses her reasoning for wanting to change her last name back to Cortez, her family's original last name, before they change it to assimilate into the United States. Sarah says that this is part of her heritage and she wants to honor it. I completely agree. And I love how we started this episode off with this family dynamic and reeling from the, the secret that was revealed at the last episode with um with kyle uh, having an affair with a bartender and yeah. you could tell he is visibly nervous every time we see him in this show and this scene was was no different they start starting it off with this scene really mm-hmm. bookends the episode well yeah they <laughs> there's a lot that i'm i'm excited about because there's this it's just, this is one of those episodes we've been talking about what could happen and what's probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when we call it, I really feel like the the uh, writers listen to what we say. But we go to Lois's case. Meanwhile, Lois pays a visit to Dr. Faulkner, who is no longer alive. She comes across her body as Bizarro is huddled in a corner, blood around his mouth, just as he jets off. That is my alarm. Uh, jets off. Lois calls for Clark, who immediately starts asking questions. Why was she spared and not attacked? Very, uh, very gruesome death for Doctor Faulkner. I mean, she was, her body was misshaped, her neck was snapped backwards, and they kept showing it when they came back from commercial break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easy special effect to do, but it's it's effective. Yeah, I'm really excited to like it. It was it was fun seeing this. I wasn't. I'm real curious to see why Lois was spared. Because, I mean, Clark even brings it up, he says, is there another version of you that this guy's married to? Because yeah. obviously paying homage to uh, to John um, Henry. So, uh, Chrissy seeks the truth. Interviewing Allie, Chrissy sees, says, her, says her entire shtick is based on faith and not fact. Allie says that is a lie. Just as Chrissy begins to lose consciousness for being drugged, she's presumed dead for seven minutes before she comes back to life. Allie congratulates her on her ascension. Uh, when explaining her experience, Chrissy notes it was a bizarro experience. Our first hint that, um, our first name drop, rather, that this is Bizarro right. Superman. Um, the world was so different, but Allie was everywhere. Just then, Lois bursts into the room of Superman to alert Allie Bizarro's arrival. She doesn't get to do much before Superman pushes her out of Bizarro's line of fire. Very well done scene in a small little hotel apartment room. Like, yeah. it was. I really enjoyed it because she puts the pendant on and we have no idea where this pendant came from because we, at the beginning of the episode, we see Allie in the past giving up her family for this heirloom that her dad passed down. Um, Don't know. Maybe it's the bizarro world and that's how bizarro is here. I really don't understand it yet. I don't understand how she has it yet either because tag had it last and gave it to the general and now somehow she has it back. This uh, this scene is one of those where they show how difficult it would be to be a superhero. Right. Because I've got to be honest, this is a terrible woman, and I would have just let her stand there and get Yeah, I just want to step aside like, oops, missed. <laughs> Misjudged this one. <laughs> right. Especially when that we find out what – I mean, Chrissy tells uh, Lois – Everything that happened, she's like, you know, I died. Uh, she was everywhere. Um, it was almost like everyone's afraid of her. And I, I'm very curious about this world and who Allie really is. I'm also very curious if 
Chrissy is really back to her old self, mm. or if she's now one of the puppets. Yeah. You know? The Ascenders. Yeah. Whatever they're going to call themselves. The Bizarros. But I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, they Superman hears him coming, and he says he's he's about to be here and shoves her out of the way and they both fly through the wall. And I feel like the, you know, I've said it in this season so far, the fight scenes was, were really cool this episode. Like I actually felt the yeah. weight of the punches, even when they were flying through the air, like I, you actually feel the weight of those punches. Um, and it was a really cool fight scene because we really find out this is bizarro. Like his, his, right. he, he has frost vision and heat breath, or you know, as Clark has uh, heat vision and frost breath, it was really cool that they flipped that around. And when he was talking, it like I, I watched with subtitles, and so it said speaking backwards is how it said. It didn't give us anything of what he was saying, but it just said speaking backwards. I was uh, like, oh, so this is really cool. So and if you like could it, flip that audio, you'd find out. Yeah, like what he's saying and everything, and we'll get to that here shortly. But I just thought that was a really cool way to do it. And Tyler Hecklin all bizarroed out, almost zombie-like, is really creepy. The blue eyes, it's just very unsettling to me. And yeah. with him just, just you know, twitching his neck every time he, he moves, is it's creepy. But I love it. You know what I find myself wondering about uh, when we get a scene like that, and they never address it, they never will, is uh, when they fly through that wall, where did they end up? How far away did they go before right. momentum cut down? Because <laughs> they, they're in the middle of the country. They could very easily have ended up out in the desert in California. Right. I mean, well, we they they hit the mine once, and then like bounce around a little bit. So I'm like, it always comes back to the mine somehow, some way. There's always that mine is there. Yeah, because you know Smallville, I associate it with that one mine that's there. Um, Jordan and Jonathan spar. Jonathan takes a puff of the magic dust. That's great. Before offering to spar Jordan. Jordan is hesitant at first because he knows he's stronger than John, but he agrees anyway. They begin to fight one another, and John takes Jordan down with ease. John tells Sam, the grandfather, he's teaching the wrong grandchild. At the end of the episode, the two of them get in a fight, and the powers begin to emerge. Jonathan freaks out and asks for more time before they tell her parents. It's a little bit of uh, future there, but... That's their storyline this episode kind of wrapped up. We see uh, Sam finally training Jordan, and Jonathan is like, he goes, hey, he goes, you know, can I help? Is there anything? I, I want to help, you know. And so they go down to underneath the barn where uh, Clark's ship is, and that's where they start training, just like Clark trained back, you know, when he was their age. And we see Jonathan get more and more pissed, but to be fair, the grandfather is not very delicate with his words at all. When he was talking to Jordan and Jonathan, he goes, you know, you're just not special or something like that. And I was like, yeah. you don't do that. And I mean, that's, that's parenting pretty much one-on-one. You never right. say one kid is more special than the other. Uh, but he does, in fact, uh, puff on the magic dust and get super strength, essentially, in speed because we see him ducking and weaving his punches with ease. And then he hits him and he nails him down. But how nobody notices that, you know, this is super strength in action. I don't know. But what do I know? You, you would think that uh, Jordan would have realized it. Right. You know, but, you know, he's been fighting his else. brother his whole life, though. So who who knows? It might just be, you know, because they haven't fought since they had their power. He's had his power. So right. he doesn't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious how they're going to carry this out. I still think he's gonna get. Oh, he's yeah. gonna get powers. I, I think. I think this uh, XK is going to jumpstart his powers, yeah. and we kind of see it because every it, XK affects everybody differently. Um, he gets. He had supervision at first. And that's how he was uh-huh. making those throws, and well, the last episode, and now he's at the strength and speed. And at the end of the episode, we see him get sort of the heat vision. So I don't know. If it's his DNA that's letting him have all of them and not just the one, or what? But like we see, Jordan's like, "Oh, we gotta tell, we gotta tell mom and dad." He's like, "No, let's keep this secret for a while." And we knew this is what exactly what was going to happen. Somehow it's going to get out. Everyone's gonna get really excited. We're gonna find out that he's on drugs. Uh, everyone's gonna be very disappointed in him. He's gonna be kind of shunned for a little bit, and then he'll actually get his powers somehow, some way, or 
like once he's off the drugs, he still has his powers. Everyone's gonna think he's still on them. It's I mean it's classic plot lines, but it works for this storyline, and I'm really excited to see uh, when we get there because I hope it's this season. I really hope it's this season. Uh, Kyle's double life comes into effect on this episode. Kyle gets a text from Tanya, and he meets her outside of the Quinceanera. Uh, they have an explosive conversation about their past relationship. She confided in her girlfriend, who thinks she may have sold the story to the mayor to hurt Lana's campaign. But they weren't alone, and this is what I was worried about. Sarah and Jordan overheard the whole conversation out in the parking lot. Um, they were supposed to be making out, but they I guess they got done early and came back to the Quinceanera and came to That's find out. Yeah, yeah, you know how it works. <laughs> um, Kyle's guilt gets the better of him. He attempts to break up the conversation between Lana and the mayor. During the father-daughter dance, Sarah begins to have a panic attack and rushes off. I'm going to pause right there because this was really well done. Like, she would not look at her dad, wouldn't make eye contact, and you could tell she was um, visually apart from him this whole uh, after this whole part. I thought it was very well done. Um, Lana meets them outside after uh, she rushes off and Kyle attempts to explain the situation to her but she doesn't want to hear it right now she wants to help Sarah through her panic attack and celebrate Sarah's night with her family and friends um, I mean this speaks on Lana's strength as a, as a mother and the fact that she's like you know what we're going to deal with this later but right now we're going to get our daughter through her big night and she talked about her strength during the speech and everything and we see Superman run off out, out, out of the quinceanera because Bizarro is awake at um, the fortress. But I thought, because Kyle dipped out first <clears throat> during the speech, and then Superman leaves. And I was like, oh, Kyle's about to find out who Superman is. So we're to add another layer to this story. But no, I mean, it maybe, but we didn't see it this episode. I thought that would have been a perfect opportunity because you know, um, Lois says, make sure no one sees you. And he goes, I won't, and he left. But anyways, I really, again, really enjoyed the the Lang family, or the, um, excuse me, the, um, what's their, the Cortez family now. I really like their, uh, their storyline this episode. I really like where we're going with it, and I'm very curious to see where we go from here. But I still don't understand how Lana does not know Clark is Superman. Or if she does, she is a very good actress, and no one knows. But uh, Bizarro. Yeah, because I mean they they had a thing in in high school. Yeah. And you know he wasn't as careful mm-hmm. back then. You know he's in Metropolis a lot. Uh, where does Clark uh-huh. live? Where used to live Metropolis? See him around yep. Smallville a lot now. Where's Clark live now? Smallville. Come now on. he he and Lois are married. And- Right. Who's the one reporter that gets all the Superman scoops? It's not that hard. I mean, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Bizarro awakes. Bizarro is awake with Clark's mom at the fortress. Clark heads over, tries to get some answers. Bizarro claims he wants to save his world and theirs. They may not be at war now, but they will be soon. Bizarro claims Allie wants to destroy everything they care about, and they're going to lose it all unless they kill her first. I mean... it matches up with what uh, Chrissy saw in the Ascension or wherever she was at. So is this the Superman from that world? And he's just like, uh, he goes, I've, I used to be like you until all this happened. And now I have to kill her before she ruins both of our worlds more. So yeah, overall great episode. I loved it. And I just, I want some more so bad. Yeah. It, it, it's great that we have to wait. Because it stretches out that uh, that entertainment right. that you get from it, but it's like, man, I really wish we just. Yeah, I just want to binge the nonsense out of it. <laughs> oh man! Um, next week will be episode six, and I can't wait to get more with it. Um, only news story I have for TV: Ironheart added "This Is Us" star lyric Ross to the cast. I'm going to comicbook.com by Jenna Anderson for this one. Marvel's Ironheart Disney Plus series has officially found its latest star. On Friday, the Hollywood Reporter confirmed that This Is Us star Lyric Ross has joined the cast of the upcoming series and will be playing the best friend of Rory Williams and Ironheart. Also among the cast is Hamilton and The Heights star Anthony Ramos, who is reportedly portraying the series' villain. Ross is known for playing Deja Pearson on This Is Us, as well as having roles in Sirens 
and Chicago Fire. Fantastic actress, and I really cannot wait to see her on in the MCU because that's going to be a lot of fun. Should be a blast. Yeah, I, I'm just ready for the show because I'm curious to see what they do with it. Releases this week. We've got Thursday, March 3rd. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. The Kevin Smith season comes out new one. Get a new season on Netflix. Thursday, March 3rd as well. Star Trek Picard's new season on Paramount+. Plus. And, I mean, that's it for our TV for this week. Cool. Um, on to the movies. So, before we, uh, before we dig into this week's did you watch anything else? No, it's Destiny no. and uh, Horizon. Yeah. It's all it's all my eyes were glued to. <laughs> all right. Uh, Power of the Dog. This came out in 2021. Yeah. That and um, full, full spoilers. We've got a year. So we can spoil the nonsense out of this one. This is... I saw it classified as a psychological drama which is probably appropriate yeah i can see that yeah i got that one two hours and nine minutes um it's set in 1925 that's when we first meet everybody involved and let me get the cast list up well i'll, I'll give a brief synopsis here from imdb Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. So, this is, uh, this is it's a really good character piece. I'll mm -hmm. say that. Benedict Cumberbatch is Phil. His brother, George... Um, is played by Jesse Plemons. The woman that uh, that George marries, Rose, is played by Kirsten Dunst, and her son, uh, Peter, is played by Cody Smith McPhee. So those are your four main stars of the movie. Yeah, I couldn't tell you anybody else. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the cast. I'm like, I have well, no idea who any of these people were. So there were two other people that immediately jumped out to me. One is Keith Carradine, who uh, who played the governor. All right, and then they they call their parents old gent and old lady, mm -hmm. and their mother is played by Frances Conroy, who a lot of people will immediately recognize from multiple seasons of American Horror Story. Mm. So, but this film, essentially, George and Phil are on a cattle drive. They, I can't remember the name of, of the town, um, mm -hmm. but they, they head into this town and Rose owns a, it's not as small as a bed and breakfast. It's basically an inn yeah. with a little, a little dining room that's, uh. Enough to hold probably about 20 people. And George falls for her. She has her son. Um, and as people apparently did a lot back then, they hung out a couple times and he pops the question. Yeah. It's like, why not? As he, he tells her, huh? He has money and a, yeah. well, a successful life. Well, and as he tells her at the, uh, I think they've just gotten back to where he and Phil live. Mm -hmm. And he gets emotional and says it feels good not to be alone. Yeah. So you kind of get, in a way, you kind of get this feeling that he proposed just for that reason. Yeah. He, he was tired of being alone. Phil was his only companion. Um, so Phil doesn't take to it too well. Um, he's kind of out of the loop. George and Rose got married without him knowing about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he immediately has her pegged as a gold digger, basically. Um, so he does everything he can to make her uncomfortable. 
and and even lets the the guys that work for he and his brother make fun of her son mm-hmm. and all sorts of stuff. Even um, her. Even her, but especially the son. Mm-hmm. The son is, um, he's different. He keeps to himself a lot. He reads. From the first time that they encounter the count, encounter him in the little diner, he had made some flowers for each table mm-hmm. using cut-up paper. And they just assumed that she had made it. Right. Because in their, in their words, it seemed like a womanly thing to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he did it makes him a target almost right away. Um, I'm looking for the name of, because no one played him in the movie, Bronco Henry. Bronco Henry is the guy that taught Phil and George about cattle. Right. And how yeah. to ride Ranching and, and, and all that. <clears throat> yeah. But we find out as the movie goes on that Bronco Henry probably taught Phil a little something else. Yeah. Uh, something they, uh something not so uh mainly back then. Right. So apparently they got rather close. Um and to the point that we're not going to get into all the details of, yeah. of the clues that lead you down that path. But um, there is nudity in the film, mm-hmm. we'll say that. Um, and there's certain actions by some of the characters that will give away exactly how far, especially Phil's relationship with Bronco Henry went. Right. Uh, Peter finds some magazines they were i forget what one of them was called the one on top but it was something about art or art it was like a statue or like art pieces and yeah but then inside it was actually people Mm -hmm. posing like statues with no clothes on right um which was that day's porn magazines basically Mm -hmm. and uh they all had bronco henry's name on them but Phil was obviously keeping them. Mm-hmm. And a little hideaway. And, yeah. So then Peter sees Phil in a lake. I guess you would say he was bathing. Yeah. Because he, he apparently didn't like to use the tub in the house. He would go out to the lake. Um, but then he sees Peter see him. And after that, his views of Peter change. Mm-hmm. The relationship, complete 180, I feel like, yeah. after that moment. At, at least for Phil. Yeah. But Peter doesn't like Phil. No, he's constantly tearing him down, trash-talking his mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you? So, Peter goes out one day, and he skins a, a cow. Mm-hmm. Right? I, don't, I don't think it was a bull. He skins a cow, and he brings the hide back. And, a diseased uh, and, cow skin. Yeah. Oh, I can forget what the disease was now. Anthrax. Anthrax. So he gets it back, and you really don't see anything else with it Mm-mm. until Phil needs it to um, finish a lasso that he's making for Peter. And so Peter says, well, I've got this one. So Phil, who has an open wound on his hand, begins to soak the shredded hide that they're going to use to make this lasso to make it a little more pliable and uh, that anthrax coming out of that hide gets into his blood through Mm -hmm. the open wound and this ends up killing him which seems to have been Peter's plan all along Peter's Peter's got a little bit of a dark side he he, um, he, he's very smart too because he's in school to be a doctor a physician yeah, I think this is like Dexter's grandfather. Yeah, there's got to be something right up that alley. Because <laughs> he, he traps a rabbit and brings it back to the house earlier in the movie. And he takes it to his mom. And she's, you know, petting it and loving on it. And one of the maids or whatever you would call her, she's young. And she decides she wants to go up and she wants to give the rabbit a carrot. And she goes into Peter's room, and he tells her to leave, and she goes on over to the table. He's sort of hunched over, and 
he's killed the rabbit and he's mm-hmm. dissecting it and he's making notes. He's making sketches and notes he's about what doctor. he's finding inside. You know, back back in the day, nineteen twenty. That's a good doctor, is what that is. Peter Frankenstein. Right. Uh, <laughs> but so he's he's different. He doesn't think twice about doing stuff like that. Right. So he doesn't have an issue with doing anything like that to Phil. And uh, you know the the thing about the movie is we we never see Phil. He's definitely cruel mm-hmm. but he's cruel verbally we do at one point see him take uh i think it was a blanket or something yeah, I think he's like a blanket like a saddle like the early part yeah. of the saddle yeah yeah he's thrashing it a, a horse across the face with it and the horse is backing away but that's the only physical cruelty i think we ever see from him mm-hmm. uh it's usually just verbal and interestingly when there's a there's a dinner scene we find out phil went to college yeah he was in yale yeah (laughs) and and he um he studied the classics i think they said Mm -hmm. i think he studied literature and there was something else that they mentioned uh so he's highly educated oh yeah he's a very smart guy yeah just and it's fell in love with a rancher yeah so and and so that's what he does but uh, they're also very successful at it. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's the performances in the movie are really good. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a bad performance in the bunch, which with this kind of a cast you fully expect. If you don't know what it is going in, you're probably going to wonder what you're watching. Uh, as Tyler raises his hand. That was me. Uh, it, it's one of those things where, first off, it looks like a Western. Right. You've got the cattle drive. You've got horses. They're out on a on a ranch. I don't think we see a single shot fired. Nope. Which Nobody. for a Western, if you're going in thinking it's a Western, you're expecting there to be some gunplay. Some sheriffs involved. Yeah. yeah. This is not that. This is a drama, you know, like I said, it's classified by some as a psychological drama. That fits it perfectly. Um, if you have an idea, if if you listen to our conversation about it, or or you read a, a synopsis to know what you're walking into, or read the book, apparently, or read the book, the book, you'll probably enjoy it more on a first time watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed it, but. I kind of dig stuff that's different like this. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four on Letterboxd. So it it's it's one of those things where it's different enough too that I think if you're someone whose attention can wander when you're watching something, it's going to keep you interested more. I think because you're trying to figure out what's going on and what kind of movie this is. And, right. You know. You don't feel like you can look away and still follow the story. I thought going in, for the most part, like when he, when they flipped, so after he saw him bathing, after Peter saw Phil bathing, and then Phil was like, Peter, come over here, I'm going to teach you something. Like when they're all, they're getting ready to go ride or something, or what, they were going to ride. And I was like, oh no, he's playing a long con, he's going to kill him. And like he said, he was making this rope. And we find out that you know Peter's dad hung himself. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, no, he's making this rope, and he's going to kill him and make him look like a suicide. I did not see us going down the path of Phil really enjoying Peter um, yeah. in more ways than one. Because uh, at yeah. first I was okay, we've got a father-son relationship going on here. And then we see it turn not so much into that. Like it was starting to turn that way before uh, mm-hmm. Peter kills him. And I had to Google it just to – to the death because I was, I was trying to put two and two together and I forgot completely about the hide. Um, because you know, she sells the, or gives the hide away because they weren't going to use it, but it turns out he was going to use it for the rope because he was trying to make this rope before, uh, Peter went back to college. I mean, this must've happened like during a break in the semesters. Yeah. And, and like, I was like, okay, so the relationship is great. And I was like, I really think he's going to kill him before he goes back to college. But then it was the other way around. We see Phil doesn't come down for breakfast that next morning, and he's you know ill, 
goes to the doctor and like that that death just happened you know quick like they he looked for phil couldn't find phil uh drops the rope they drive off and then he's the next thing we know there's a casket and they're looking for a casket and i was like oh that happened quick so that's why i googled it and i was like oh okay i forgot about the hide that he took and everything and that's how he got in the open wound i mean it, it killed him overnight and and i wonder if uh the brother george knew that he was killed because he even said to the coroner he said you know he never handled diseased skins ever like he refused to downright refused to touch it and so i don't know because george knew his brother was a, was a dick and was not liked so but i mean he constantly yeah. was calling kirsten dunst a drunk and he's like you know what's wrong with her well she's a drunk which, she's which he drove her to yeah, which he was doing and like she, leaving stuff around. Oh, he was a horrible person. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. She even her character even picks up on this. Like they don't really. I, I guess you would just call it intuition. Yeah, but she kind of picks up on that change in the relationship when they actually start spending some yeah, time they spend, together. They start spending a lot of time together. And a lot of people would have just thought, okay, great that they're getting along. Right. But she picks up on something not being right. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking it's because Phil yeah. may have a thing for her son. But what's really not right is that her son is planning to kill Phil. Mm-hmm. I think she, I think she probably and knew that too. Probably because she had to know the sorts of things he had done with animals. Yeah, and so always starts with the small animals first. Knowledge, yeah. you know. So she probably thought, "Oh, he doesn't like him, and he's hanging out with him. That's mm -hmm. not good." Yeah. So I gave it a a two out of five for me. Two, no, a two and a half is what I gave it. Not really, because it was slow for me. And I'm okay with it, but like that last, what, 15, 20, 30 minutes of the movie is like when things yeah. start picking up and like they're starting to tie clues in together and weaving those storylines in. Um, I, there was a lot that I feel like could have been cut out from the very beginning. Um, yeah. And I was like, okay, we really didn't need a lot of this. I thought the, the torture of her living in the house and then when Peter comes home, the torture of him, and then the flip was very interesting. But like the part where she was practicing for the governor and practicing the piano, and he comes in with a banjo wow. and starts playing it better and over her. I was like, oh, yeah. what a jerk. I said, this is great. Yeah. And like he would leave the door open and wait for her to start playing and then play the song better and just keep stomping and going with her. And I thought it was very well done. So, yeah. It's one of those things that I, I, I'm curious what you would think of it if you rescored it, if you sat down and watched it again. Yeah, I think kind of knowing even with like reading the book, yeah, seeing what would have been different of that relationship. But yeah. I was going in looking for, thinking it was a western, and got more of a I can see why he's getting a lot of awards and nominations for things because it was very well done I mean Benedict Cumberbatch's performance I mean and everything he does is just so good and like he had me really deranged like he came in from the the governor's party because they kept asking about him and he said well I'm just some dirty man he says I don't want to you know I stink like a cow and all this other stuff but I'm like oh he he knows what people thinks about him and it makes you think that people knew about his relationship with the other guy is what I got. It could be. And that's why he's the way he is. So I don't I mean it was, I could see his performance was so good and I hope he gets awards it for it. Was. Yeah. It'd be deserved. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, next week, murder mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. You've seen this, yeah. right? We're, we're going to watch it again. I'm excited to watch I, it. I have not, so this, this is going to be interesting. It's, Just, been, it's been long enough where I don't remember some of the plot points, but I remember the ending of it. So, I, th I think it's well-timed, too, because 
this was a much more serious movie than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, ha- so having murder mystery follow this right. is probably going to be a little be bit a, of a buffer. A nice, yeah, a little bit. Um, notable news. We have one news item. One. You know, just like for TV. Mm-hmm. This comes from The Hollywood Reporter. And the byline is Aaron Couch. It says, Disney sets Haunted Mansion release date for 2023. The film starring Rosario Dawson will bow on March the 10th, 2023. Um, it, it Currently, it has the date to itself. Uh, as they note, with Warner Brothers Wonka due out a week later on March the 17th. The theme park-inspired Haunted Mansion stars Rosario Dawson, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, and Danny DeVito hails from Dear White People creator Justin Simeon. Follows a mother and son who come across a mansion that's more than it seems. Along the way, they meet eccentric characters who are key to unlocking a mystery. The project filmed in New Orleans and Atlanta late last year. I'm going to be on. I'm... So the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. was all right. Yeah. But hopefully this will be, especially I, yeah. from, from an effects standpoint. Oh, yeah. We're, we're, what, decades since that movie came out? It was, what, uh, 15 years? Yeah. Like it's, it's been early 2000s, as I say. Yeah. Like I mean, this has got a good cast with it. I mean, Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, and to name the three that I'm familiar with, I think yep. it's going to be a lot of fun. And Rosario Dawson, I'm pretty sure she plays the mother of the the mm-hmm. show because usually just a mother and a son. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be fun. I just thought that was you the know, only big news for moves. You know what would you know what would be funny is if Danny DeVito played the son. Oh, so that would be great. Somehow, you know, de-age him to make him decide. <laughs> oh, they could do a Benjamin Button thing. Yeah, that'd be you easy know. to do. Haunted yeah. Mansion makes him young again or something like that. <laughs> um, so, releases this week, the Batman hit cinemas on March the 4th. Now, before we get into games, I gotta ask you, because I've been, I've been sharing this with a few people. I sent it to you. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it. I grew up an Elvis fan. Mm-hmm. We're getting an Elvis film in June. Right. Did you get a chance to watch the I haven't. Uh, I've got trailer. it slated because it's – I've got that. I've got Book of Boba Fett to watch today. I've got um, – I need to start Vikings Valhalla at some point on top of my normal podcasting stuff I watch. But, yeah, that's it's on the slate for this morning. So – but I've been seeing you sharing it out on Twitter to a bunch of people, so it's uh it's a three and a half minute trailer. And somebody I was watching someone uh and they were talking about some movie stuff and they mentioned it and they said three and a half minute trailer probably means it's at least two and a half, if not a three hour movie. Right. Um so I'm curious. But I'll, I'm all, I'm curious about your uh, reaction to it as somebody that's, you know, probably not as big of a fan as me. Right. So, I feel like it's going to be a great film. What's it called? What's the movie called? It's just called Elvis. There it is. 2022 film. It's got... Maggie Gyllenhaal in it. Austin Butler plays Elvis. Tom Hanks is the colonel. Tom Hanks is the colonel. Why do I know that name? Why is he look familiar to me? Uh, Austin Butler. Uh, I can't remember what it was he was in. He's done a few things. Oh, the Shannara Chronicles. He's usually blind-headed. That's why it's throwing me off. Okay. He was in Arrow for three episodes. So. He, uh... He pulls it off. I'm gonna tell you. There, there's one shot in the trailer where it's the uh, during the time they're filming the '68 special, and he's in the suit that that Elvis wore for the gospel number, mm-hmm. the maroon suit with the white shirt. 
and he's sitting down, and I mean, no one's going to look exactly uh, like Elvis, but he looks very, very similar. Pretty spot on. Yeah. So it, it comes off really well in that sense. I'm curious what the later years are going to look like when the fuller head of hair, when it wasn't slick back and the bigger sideburns. And... But we'll see. It, it looks very promising. So in June, in June or July, we may, uh, maybe we'll review it. Yeah, that'd be a fun one. We might even go see that in theaters. That'd be a good one to experience. Video games. Did you get any uh, playing again this week at all? Uh, Madden and some more uh, Spider-Man. Mm. I love it. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. I want to play that again. I'm, I'm going to have to play them both again before the new one comes out, which I'm thinking to be beginning of next year. We'll see. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I am over halfway through Horizon Forbidden West. The game mm -hmm. continues to impress me with how beautiful it is. Like I'm in San Francisco now, part of the game. And the beaches are beautiful. The underwater exploration, I feel like, is fun. Um, I've had maybe one bug or glitch. All it did was restart the game and pop right back up. It was fine. Um, but I continue to, to play it. It hasn't hit. The story hasn't hit as hard to me as the first game did. But it's right. a continuation of it, so I'm really enjoying what they're doing with it and i've already had a couple of oh crap moments that this is what's going on and how it's been going on mm -hmm. um but i'm really excited because i'm at a point now which i'm going to be playing it after work when i get time but i'm at a point now where i'm at a pretty big story plot line and i'm really wanting to delve in just to have like an hour or two to because I mean, it's got some good story moments in it uh lengthwise uh, but the big thing that I've been playing this week as well is Destiny's 2's expansion, The Witch Queen. And I have played the campaign, and I've also done the legendary campaign on my main character. And, oh, like, it's being praised from all content creators, everybody, lore-wise, gameplay-wise, because they revamped a lot of the systems in it, or one of the systems. And we can now craft weapons, but the story is so good everyone says this is the best expansion they have ever put out and you know they've been doing it for um what eight years now seven years mm -hmm. and they like everyone is saying how great it is i mean to me the story was i mean 10 out of 10 like i don't think they could have been anything better that makes me want it they they set up the new bad guy for the next ex next expansion of lightfall which i think is going to come out next year and uh, like September or some odd time. But so Savathun is the one that she's the witch queen. Mm. Though she has been the villain for four or five years now. And this is the conclusion to her conclusion to her story. Um, but I mean, it was so good. I can't wait to the new seasons really well. We reset on Tuesday and I just want to play more. But the story was so well done. Really enjoyed it. And I, mean, I, just, I can't wait for next year's expansion because if it's anything like this one was, it's going to be so much fun. So, awesome. And then I want to play Dying Light and Cyberpunk, but I mean, those are obviously on the back burner for these two games. But <laughs> So we'll get there. Yeah. And then there's more stuff coming out in March. And anyways, uh, only news I've got for gaming is the Call of Duty game plan for 2023 has reportedly been delayed to 2024. This is huge news, and I'm going to IGN.com for this one. This is by Rebecca Valentine. Uh, Activision has reached out to IGN with a statement of the report that 2023's Call of Duty was released, being delayed to 2024. Quote, we have an exciting slate of premium and free-to-play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. Reports of anything otherwise are incorrect. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. That's not a denial. So this report oh, came from... Um, Oh, God, I can't remember his name. Jason Schreier from uh, Bloomberg, uh, formerly mm -hmm. with Kotaku, who is pretty much the number one games journalist, period. Like, he gets, he knows right. all the developers. People come to him confidentially, and he reports these things. And he's the one that broke this story. Hmm. Um, the original Call story. Call of Duty's the new Halo. Do what? 
Call of Duty is the new Halo. Oh, no. So this is, you have to understand, Call of Duty is the number one selling game every mm-hmm. single year. Um, the original story is, according to Bloomberg, sources familiar with the situation, executives in charge of the franchise have made the decision early after a recent entry in the series failed to meet expectations. Talking about Vanguard, this is uh, 2021's game. Leading them to believe yeah. that Call of Duty's current annual cadence or releases was too rapid. The decision is reportedly unrelated to the recent uh, purchase, and the 2022 Call of Duty release track is still uh, where they want it to be. But this is huge because for the first time in 18 years, I think is what it is, there's been there's been a Call of Duty game released. So 2023, there will not be one, which pushes that into Microsoft's ownage. So, at tw- I mean, 2023, June is when they're saying they'll be finalized. And if they're releasing it in 2024, Microsoft will have 100% hands on top of that. So, yeah, I mean, it's exciting, different news. So I'm excited to see where it, go, where it leads from there. Yeah. Only release this week, Gran Turismo 7 comes out on March 4th for PlayStation 4 and 5. Of course, if you've got a PlayStation 5, make sure you get it there. So, because it looks beautiful, just not my, those, those little arena track racers are not my thing. For uh, right. Horizon, yeah. uh, Forza Horizon's my style, but the road race, yeah, road race. I like that yeah. one, midnight ride, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But everyone, that has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to it and/or watching it. Don't forget to, show, to share on all your favorite social media platforms, and forget to rate and review on your podcasting apps and services. On social media, you can follow the Nerdwide account at nerd underscore wide on Twitter. You can follow me at ty underscore haynes and Chris at mattn seven. If you want to find us on Facebook, just search at nerdwide.com in the little search bar and you will find us there. But guys, thank you so much for watching and listening and we cannot wait to share this week's ep- next week's episode with you then. Later, guys.